Good everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast. I'm your host, Fat Tony, and today we have Glenn Legger. Welcome, Glenn. How's it, bro? What's Good. happening? Oh, not too bad, not too much, bro. Just gearing up for the winter up the mountain. How's your summer? Um, it's been epic. Lots of um, missions around. Yeah. Man, uh, yeah. something about a ski plane in Mount Cook. Yeah, just recently. Flew up to the top of the um, Franz Joseph. Hopefully going there for a mission in spring. Mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a bit of a backcountry snowboard yeah. mission. Yeah, it was oh. epic. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and are you, um, you've been travelling around with work uh, for the summer? Yeah, just a bit of um, driving for the film industry. Oh, man. That, that's been keeping me busy. Oh, sweet. So yeah. COVID hasn't killed the film industry? No, just that's yet. still cranking in oh, New rad. Zealand. Yeah. Oh, sweet. But you're based in Queenstown? Yep, still moment. based in Queenstown. And I'll kick this off. Um, Glenn, where are you from and how'd you get into snowboarding? So, I'm from Queenstown. Grew up there pretty much most of my younger years. I actually moved here when I was three to Queenstown from England. But then, yeah. And then snowboarding just kind of came to me through skateboarding. Because, yeah, it was just a natural progression, so... Mm. So me and my buddy AJ managed to get hold of some old crapper snowboards and got up Coronet Peak. That, that was that picture we are looking at with the crazy banana. Yeah. So how'd the first day go? Um, so first day, yeah, we just got our boards and went straight to the top of the mountain and basically spinning around in circles <laughs> until we actually figured out. By the end of the day, we were doing methods and... Half the time we'd land on our knees and sometimes we'd land on our feet, but mm. it was pretty epic times. I was actually riding that crazy banana natural and I'm goofy with bindings facing. That was my first couple of days on that board. All right. And how was Queenstown back then? Like it was a pretty different vibe to what we know now. Like growing yeah. up there, you would have seen a lot of change yeah. there over the years. Yeah. It was a pretty small town. Snowboarders weren't really liked. The school really hated snowboarders. Oh, really? Yeah. We oh. weren't allowed to go up with the school if we were snowboarders. But they had a ski program or something? Yeah. But really? we were cut out of the ski program if we wanted to actually snowboard. Holy shit. Yeah. So luckily my buddy AJ's mum got her wee van she had a wee van and she would take us kids up on the school ski day all the snowboarding grommets <laughs> because um yeah school we didn't have to even actually go to school on that school ski day so most kids would usually go for the first session oh that's rad man so oh, but yeah. yeah the principal said he didn't want the snowboard cult culture in his school wow <laughs> that's a different time, eh? At assembly. <laughs> oh wow, that's um, Christ! I, I, I mean, I remember experiencing that on the mountains back back yeah. in those days, like the the skier hate sort of thing. But that's next level to hear a principal be outright yeah. anti that. Yeah, it didn't take long to change, but mm. yeah, it, it was quite hard in the beginning. And so. Um, so was it just you and AJ playing around on rental boards for a little bit to start with? Or? Um, 
I borrowed that crazed banana off my older brother, which had, yeah, he was trying to get into it, but couldn't really get the hang of it. And then, yeah, after two days on that, I bought my first board, which was a Sims Terry Kidwell 165 Freestyle. Oh, yeah. And that's like the first ever pro pro model snowboard that was ever made. Was it? Was shit? Was that before the Craig Kelly? Yeah. Holy shit! So yeah, Brad. I've still got it. No way. Yeah. Fuck. There'd be some collectors out there fucking frothing at the bit. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I follow a I few. I can of those. see that you've got a good collection here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm but... a, I, I, I keep all my shit. It's... Yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of got that same problem. I've kept a lot of snowboards that have meant oh, right. some things to me over the years. Oh, but that's awesome, yeah. though. Eh? It's yeah. better than them going away to the dump or whatever. So I still have my brother's crazy banana too, which right. is in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! I'd love to find the hogabogger I had my first day on. <laughs> um, so. Uh, how was the scene back then? Was there like a bunch of older guys? Like I'm guessing NZ Shred was around with yep. Jeremy and Ewan and Rob and those guys. Yeah, so there was always, yeah, we had a Rob Johnstone. He was always in the workshop beating us up after school. <laughs> Ewan was there working there for a while too. Mm. Even um, Spy was in at NZ Shred too. And yeah, another guy, Morgs. Morgan, Morgan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was always an NZ Shred right from the early days with Ewan. And, yeah, and then... So, Rob Johnson, I'm guessing you suffered at the hands of grommet abuse with him for quite a while. What's the worst thing he ever did to you? Um, probably when I threw flour all over his car one morning. <laughs> I decided it would be a good idea to throw my, um... Home economics um, stuff on his car as a joke in the morning. Next minute, I heard that turn to glue. And so after school, he pretty much dragged me down the road by my nostrils for about a hundred meters. While he had glue all over his car. Yeah. Well, flour and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you were going to get a reaction out of yeah, it. Yeah, I know, oh. but not quite that bad. <laughs> I thought it was going to kill me. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he's coming on at some point, so <laughs> once this is done, I'll have to get you to give me some things I need to ask him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um... A lot of us that were sort of outside the scene sort of associate you and a lot of the Queenstown guys as like the sub-20 Groms, just like you and AJ and Barnes. Yep, Barnaby. Um, how did that, that all come about with sub-20? Um, just in our younger years, there was a big crew of us, which were just me, Barnaby, Aaron, Sam Duvall, and there was another couple of guys, Joel McGinn and Tom Walsh. But they kind of fell out of the picture because they had to go to boarding school and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, we all got 
yeah, basically just offered within the first couple of seasons by Dibs and Luke if we wanted to ride some clothes, and we were all bloody stoked. Yeah, you would be, eh? Yeah. I mean, sub-20 was so rad back then. Yeah, like. so, yeah, they hooked us up, and then they basically took us everywhere to every competition we went in to go to, and they would just load us in their truck and drive us to Ohau and... I was there for the Cake Bake Off yep, competition. we'd go that every year. Were you there the year that um, someone made weed brownie and they got the cops to judge it? Yeah, well, <laughs> there was a whole section of the table that the younger kids were never meant to go near. <laughs> it was magic mushroom cakes and weed brownies and... But... <laughs> We always used to manage to sneak in there, and mm. we got way out of it as little grommets. <laughs> as, as you do as a grom, I guess. You can't, can't keep a good grom down. No. So you guys, like the outside looking in, you guys were a pretty tight unit. Um, you, Barnes, AJ, yeah. Sam Duvall, that was Yeah, and so Glenn Howe as well. Oh, right. Yeah, he was in Max too. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And because um, I remember seeing you guys at that um, price given at Barrows and just like I was there just on my own, and well, with my old man actually, and just like you guys were fucking just like raucous as fucking shit. Yeah, we were pretty chaos when we were younger and mm. yeah, we were pretty tight in that crew, but... Yeah, shit used to get pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, was there any, like, um, competition or anything with, like, the Wanaka riders that were the s- similar age group to you guys? Or well... Vibes or anything? There was always... Yeah, we... A wee bit, but, like, we had the Jackways boys and then... Ollie and that lived over here, but Ollie was kind of backwards and forwards between Queenstown and over there. Ollie Burke? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we always all got along pretty mm. good in the early days. It was, yeah, we never had too much rivalry. Oh, we right. always gave heaps shit to each other, but it was never too serious. Yeah. Oh, sweet, man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> Ollie, Ollie uh, and AJ both talk about the um, first incarnation of a skate park, which was in the old swimming pool. Oh, yeah. You guys were skating there, and something about um, a Krusty the Clown haircut and the cops chucking you guys in a van or some shit. Oh, yep. So, yeah. First day me and Ollie met, we were actually on the village green. Yeah. Skateboarding. Ollie asked me if we could skate there. I said, yeah, yeah. We never have too much problems. Yeah, next minute, this known policeman that hated skateboarders pulled up and threw me and Ollie in the van. And Yeah, within like a couple of hours of meeting Ollie, we were both in the police station for skateboarding. It wasn't a very good scene. I probably did have a Krusty the Clown haircut around that time, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, oh, sorry. No, carry on. 
um, well, we're going to kind of segue here a little. What was this thing about um, your second year snowboarding and uh, redlining? Oh, yeah. So did, did you want to tell that story? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. It was, yeah, second year snowboarding. It was our first year when we thought I was actually... Stuff was starting to happen with getting sponsors and... We never went looking. People pretty much asked us and then, yeah. A few days into the season, 11 days or something, I was following friend Matt Nid down a run and last run of the day and hard icy concrete peak we were ollieing over the bonking these snow boxes that big snow cannon boxes and yeah I clipped my nose and landed flying off a big drop and put my elbow inside my rib cage but I thought I'd just badly winded myself and kind of shook it off and went home and then went to the doctor and he said, oh, you just bruised your stomach muscles. And then, yeah, later that night, started throwing up lots of blood and... Fucking hell. Sent him for cargo and then flatlined when I got there and they brought me back and then had a few massive operations and life support. Fucking hell. For a couple of weeks, but then, yeah... Everyone thought it would put me off snowboarding, but no, it was fine. <laughs> Next season, it was, yeah, all go again. Yeah, fuck, yeah. that's gnarly, dude, life support. Yeah. Parents wouldn't have been too No, hard, so that pretty much. And then, yeah, I never really stopped having injuries after that. Mm. Yeah. Holy shit, so you just, <laughs> one injury after another sort of Well, just... My snowboarding actually didn't hurt me that much. It was mainly more other things later on. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into those things yeah. a bit later on, shall we? Yeah. Ah, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and so this will be about the time where the Queenstown scene was starting to sort of prop up a bit more with, like, the Japanese dudes all coming over and yeah, sort of getting a bit more prominent sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, Queenstown, but yeah. that was pretty sick, though, right? There was like a full yeah. bustling snowboard culture. And, yeah, lots yeah. of Japanese and heaps of touring pros. Mm. Yeah, so it was pretty cool times. Got to meet heaps of amazing people, and so yeah, way back then I met this guy Jay Nelson that was like a crazy oh. nutter. He was a Lamar pro, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, met him when I was a wee kid, and then he kept on coming out here years later, and then he landed up buying a house here, and he was the first guy that bought Snowmobile out here and actually got us into it. Oh, right. So, even from way back then, I met Danny Way. We sculled. No way. Skull, he was making me and my buddy Barnaby skull. Um vodka straight one night at Barnaby's house <laughs> so him was, and this was guy was anyway out as a touring snowboarder yeah with J.F. Pouchett and some other guy right um yeah he was for type A yeah 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 so I've got one of his type A boards in my so yeah he spent oh, yeah. a lot of time in Queenstown 
Brett. I went skateboarding with Steve Caballero. Oh no, John Cardiel. Holy and shit. And he snapped skateboard and I've got the nose of a skateboard signed. Brett. It's actually my little brother's, but yeah. yeah. That's that's worth claiming from a little bro, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that, that dude's like my all-time favourite skateboarder. Yeah. So just, uh, we didn't have a park or anything back then. Was so, that the vert ramp then? No, we were just skating the streets and oh, right. stuff. Yeah. So just, he was doing, yeah, like big spins off these stairs at the Memorial Hall. And that's where he snapped his skateboard. Oh, right. Holy yeah, shit. pretty amazing. Oh, so the the first, I mean, I, I got into skating kind of late, like 95, and so I, all I remember was that it was a vert ramp where the skate park is now. Yeah, sort of so before that, we had that ghetto skate that we tried. Was, we had planned to build a big concrete skate park inside the swimming pool. Mm. It's me and AJ actually done the designs for that park with the guy, with Mori. And he came down and we went all through it. And Jeremy Northcote that had NZ Tread was kind of putting it all together. And then that land got given away to Natahu. So that was the end of that skate park. But the council built us that vert ramp and replacement. Oh, right. I was a sorry, kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now that uh, location's just now a car, a gravel car park. Yeah, uh, it, nothing. It just got filled with gravel, and that's the way it stayed. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. And the ramp that was there, it was, yeah, we were still using it, but it was going to get, we had to get somewhere for it to go, mm-hmm. and then... One day, it was just gone. Oh, right. Ollie and Rion had come over from Wanaka and chopped it into three pieces, put it on a trailer <laughs> and stole it and put it, <laughs> dragged it over to Wanaka, and that's what the boardhouse ramp was. The boardhouse ramp? Well, yeah. I, fucking hell, that... I... <laughs> 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 oh, shit, Ollie. Wow. <laughs> We're like, he was like, I think he rang us a few days later. He was like, did you wonder where your ramp went? And we're like, yeah. He's like, we've got a Wanaka. We went and asked the council if we could take it, and they said yes. <laughs> oh, oh, Ollie. So what, just one day you were like amped up to skate, went there and like, where's the ramp? Yeah, it was gone. <laughs> But man. the council had given them the AOK to take it, so. Oh man, that's bummer, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was falling to pieces. Mm. I mean, I remember that that ramps left a lot of impression on a lot of um, Wanaka visitors when it was out the back of the boardhouse. Like I say in other episodes, like, yeah. Fuck. It. I remember dropping in being like, this is like the steepest thing, smallest, steepest thing I've ever dropped into. Yeah. Holy shit. So that got right. cut down too, because that was like quite a bit bigger. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So by the time it made it over to Wanaka, it was, it was like probably this two foot, two and a half foot. Oh, right. It's like, was the size of the extensions. Yeah. But yeah, Tony Walston and a guy... 
Ginge built that. Mm. I was really brought up Tony Wollstone because um, he was one of the a bit of a fixture in Queenstown this time and one of the OG sub twenty dudes. Yeah. Did you were you riding with those dudes much? Yeah, and Tony took me and Barnaby away in his van a couple of times on snowball missions. Oh, it was at the combi. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we was, ne- we were never he, we we would struggle to get much for conversation and much of but he was awesome. He would take us everywhere and show us where to ride and we done some amazing stuff all through porters in the club fields with oh, Tony, me and Barnes, so... And that dude was so far ahead of his yeah. time as far as snowboarding and trick selection. and Yeah, and he could just do tricks off massive natural stuff that mm. you'd be doing lucky, like cliffs that you'd be doing Australia off. He'd throw a spin off it and... Yeah. Way ahead of his time, because he was such an amazing bird skater and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, because his brother was really good at yep. skating too, eh? Yeah. Um, what's the gnarliest thing you ever seen Tony Wilson handle? Um, an ohow, like doing, like, a big diving board rock that's probably, like, 60 foot, and, yeah. like, front side threed it when we were wee grommets. Fucking hell. Like, it was like, no one would even hit that thing apart from him and Paul Trapsky were the two people that hit it. And yeah, because Paul, Paul Trapsky was around Queenstown that time too, eh? Yeah, he was, yeah. And were you riding with that him as well, or he was a bit more? They were all the older crew, mm. but we were just lucky that we got to go away because um, time... Tony Walston rode for sub-20, mm. and so we went to go away on a trip with Luca and Tony and his wee combi. Mm. Luca's truck broke down, so we were stranded, so Luca had to go fix his truck, and me and Barnes land up going on a big road trip with Walton and his combi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so he basically got stranded babysitting two teenagers for a week and a half yeah, around the club like, fields. <laughs> driving his van, thanks, Luca. <laughs> yeah, but he made us hike our asses off every day. Like, it was pretty cool. And mm. we had Simon Clayton with us taking oh, yeah. photos. Right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Ah, oh, sweet. And what's this I heard about you riding um, Coronet on a moped? Yeah, I what, used what? a few times when um, I used to steal my mum's scooter when I was younger. <laughs> my mum was a bit of a legend for caning around on this wee red scooter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I used to steal it every now and then when I didn't have any wheels. And, yeah, I was late for a border cross one day and caned it up the mountain. Holy shit. And then on the way down, I was, I had a friend, a friend, um, Woody, following me and um, made it to like 100 k's on the scooter. Holy passing shit. Passing nearly everything on the way down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> the thing's not made for 100 k, is it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> not on snowy, icy roads. <laughs> Holy shit, man. 
And yeah. um, was this about the time where Coronet had like the no hits, no jumps thing on the M1? Uh, yeah, there was that for a long time. So it's fucking weird to think about that now, though, eh? Because yeah. like when you think of Coronet, you're like, oh, side hit, fucking central. Yeah. And then um, there was a time where like that was just not a thing. Yeah, to... if you got, they used to quite get, yeah, you looked on pretty badly by patrol for doing it. Mm. They ever catch you? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Me and AJ had uh, passes taking off us, actually, for riding the back bowls when it was closed, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And for the whole of the school holidays. And so we didn't have a pass, so we used to hike up to where the old half pipe was. Yeah. And just build these quarter pipes. And then we built our own little terrain park down in the car park with rails and boxes. So we could still snowboard through our school holidays. (laughs) Brad, (laughs) I think I've seen a picture of that on one of the Facebook groups. Like AJ was board sliding a rail or something. That was that was was our car park. (laughs) The car park park season. season. (laughs) Just, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> mean fucking and this is about the time where like Sam Duvall's dad was like packing you guys in the back of his yeah. car and shit as well yeah the weekends quite often we'd yeah Sam's dad would let us all party at his house yeah yeah and they were pretty so yeah we'd just get pretty loose as young teenagers and party in the house and then every Saturday morning he'd be like Come on, get up! And we'd all have to, we'd all just rustle up and we'd all stay there. And then, yeah, up the stop at McDonald's on the way <laughs> and then up the mountain, which Sam would be horrified they used to do that because he's such a hard vegan these days. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's was where he used to go every morning. Yeah, although I don't know how much meat's actually in a McDonald's burger. Yeah, but, yeah, there were times we'd, like, if Sam's dad didn't have his truck, we would all be on the flat deck of the truck usually, but if we were in the car, we'd land up. Instead of putting chains on, he'd just get all of us to sit on the bonnet of the car and there'd be six grommets sitting on the bonnet of the car going up Coronet Peak for remarks. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> there was a Holy few times we lost people on corners and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's amazing. Like, oh, you just couldn't get away with that no, now. That's a shame. I know. <laughs> Fine. So, like, uh, snowboarding-wise, who were your influences or people you're looking at for inspiration, like, locally or internationally? Or So, yeah, growing up, um, yeah, Tony Walston was a big one. I looked up to heaps and then, yeah, um, Steve Dunstan was another oh, yeah. one. It was always pretty high up in the freestyle sort of mm, thing in Queenstown. But see, yeah, I forget that he was actually around Queenstown for a long time yeah. before he became the Huffer guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so Steve was pretty good. And it was a whole, yeah, Tony Howarth, 
So yeah, just all the older crew and then Yeah, really like that. Rob used to take us lots of missions. Oh Rob Johnson. Yeah, back country and get us hiking all over the show. So that was good. The rad but another form of his grommet abuse sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But um and then yeah, I'm trying to think who else used to really like Quentin, but he's like more my age. Quentin Robbins. Yeah, and mm. Trev was always older, but he looked kind of taught us the ways. Right, because yeah, was Trev coming down to Queenstown on the regular? Or? Yeah, and I land up going to Japan in my younger years. Yep. So me and AJ and Glenn Howe all went to Japan together. So we lived together, and then there was Trevor's house. Which, yeah, there was him, Joel Westcott, um, yeah, bloody hell, there's quite a few crew, and Neil Z, and yeah, no. so, but Trev was always, yeah, he, he looked after us all and told us the ways of what we needed to do in Japan. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, yeah. all, all those names you mentioned became, like, fixtures in the Seco for a long time, yeah. eh? And yeah, I think Joel Westcott still lives over yep, there or something Yeah, Joel now. does, yeah. And, um, so, um, <clears throat> with uh, Trevor's passing uh, recently, yeah. have you got a Trevor story for us that uh, listeners will be hyped on? Um, yeah, me and... Trev done some bloody amazing things over the years from when we were wee grommets. Um, but, yeah, I remember we always talked about, yeah, T-Man and his stories. But, like, one day we had been riding and he's like, oh, yeah, out there today. And we there's this place in Nisako that we only used to ride every now and then, the big snow spines in the place, Hananataki. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Trevor's like, oh, yep, today aired the whole spines today. And he's just always has one story to up everybody else. Right. Yeah. But yeah, oh, another story, me and Trev, last time I was just recently in Japan, we just went on a mission, we were like, oh, we're going to go to the skate park. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't skate, but I'll come for the mission. Mm. No maps, no GPS, we just set off across Hokkaido. <laughs> we got completely lost, landed up going into, spent the whole day and got there at the end of the day. Went through the, mo- the whole of Hokkaido, basically. <laughs> Landed up at like nine o'clock in Sapporo. Had an onsen and then drove back to Nisuko. So we never actually really found the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> but we went round the whole of Hokkaido. Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of work to come, up, come back empty handed. <laughs> I know. You got an onsen out of it. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, that was the, yeah, we spent the whole day, yeah, mm. basically just getting irie and cruising around the whole of Hokkaido. That's sweet. <laughs> and so, um, uh, so you're rolling with a pretty heavy crew with, like, your peers as your sub-20 grommets and then the older guys. 
Um, how did like um, further sponsorship come into the play? Like, um, what was your first board sponsor? Was it Silence or? No, so my first board sponsor was Fifty One Fifty. All oh, right. So how did that come into the picture? Um, just through um, a guy I can't kneel someone, but that was kind of through Trevor and Debs and Luca. They all, right. all had kind of said to this guy, and yeah, he basically just went riding with me for the morning and hooked me up aboard that day. So I was like, sweet. But I had a bit of a problem. I kept on snapping them every... Not... They weren't the best. So Rob had his work cut out for me trying to jimmy up my boards with carbon fibre and stuff to make them still work. Oh, right. Oh, so you're the reason why he became so good at fixing boards. Snapped snowboards and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had no other option because I had... They'd only give me one or two boards the whole season, so mm. you had to make them last. <laughs> and this is about the time AJ said I've got to ask you about this, about a um, big ear competition wearing a chicken suit. Yeah, so that was at Remarkables. We were kind of sponsored by them guys at the time, so they used to ask us to do random things, and they gave them this giant spring chicken suit. It was fine doing straight ears, but then I thought I'd do a spin, and and in mid-ear my head turns inside this giant chicken head, and I'm just spinning to oblivion, looking into yellowness. (laughs) And like, yeah, it'll somehow my feet come underneath me, but I don't know, and rid out, not being able to see anything till I hit the fence. (laughs) At the end. <laughs> has, has anyone got any documentation of this? I wonder. Like, I have to. Um, if anyone's listening in the comments, like, please, uh, <laughs> you got documentation? Hook us up, man. There was one <clears throat> wee photo in the New Zealand snowboarder way, <clears throat> way back. So was that your thing with competitions? You weren't really taking them seriously anyway. And um, um, yeah, sort of. I was pretty bad in competitions. Like. I'd be fine riding, and then as soon as I got put in front of some judges, I'd always land up going too hard and crashing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like half pipe was really hard for me because I'd be fine riding usually, and then when it came to a comp, I'd always kook it. Is that just sort of the stress and pressure? Yeah. So then when slope style came along, and big ear as well, I'd always go way too hard. Oh, yeah. And just land up overshooting or landing. So my memory of of you and big ears was uh, 2001, the Wanaka big ear that was in the valley floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've uh, very vivid memories of you, like, shotgunning a beer before each run. Yeah. Sort of thing. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, that shit was pretty funny. Mm. But, yeah, I came away with third somehow in that all right. thing. Shit, what was that? Even after drinking all them beers. Mean, but I landed in the mud on one of them. Oh, like, off, <laughs> off the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, <clears throat> what was the trick that won you third? 
like a rodeo seven. Oh right. Yeah. Dang. But yeah. It was yeah. Mm. Yeah. And um while we're on the subject of competitions, more specifically competitions and half pipes, we talked about that a minute ago. Um, what was the story? No one can believe it wasn't documented of um, you jumping off the triple chair into the coronet half pipe with a wig on. Yeah. Well, I don't think I had the wig on, but it was just like... It was the Nationals, and... Yeah, the chair, all of a sudden, just, I had been clipped on because I just rode down after one of my shit runs I had had, and then I didn't bother unclipping, I just managed to ride onto the chair, and so I was already clipped in, and then the chair started going really slow and almost stopping right at the spot where the half pipe edge is, which was just unbelievable. And then as soon as I put the bar up, a bunch of my friends see me do it. And oh, then yeah. they all start egging me on. So then I felt like I had to do it. Shit, and this chair was still moving slowly at this really time. Really slowly. But right. Yeah, and then just nudge myself off the seat and managed to land wow. and like method out the other side. And come down and I'm riding through... And Anthony Leffler's coming to the end of this run and everyone's cheering and going nuts and he starts just claiming it like... (laughs) And he turns around and I'm flying down the pipe behind him. And he's like... He's like... He's like, what the hell are you doing in the pipe, Legs? I'm like, I just dropped out of the chair. (laughs) It was <laughs> stole the thunder. Yeah, he stole. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hearing about that, I was wondering. I was like, "Fuck!" Did he? Was he talking to the lefties or no? no it was just it was. Slow. It was just luck that yeah, it happened right. and went really slow and right at the perfect spot. Fuck. So I, mean, I couldn't not do it. I was like, <laughs> shit. I and know. I was already clipped in with both bindings. It was like, this is just fate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man, I just can't believe that no one um, no one documented that. It's too spare of the moment. Because, mm. like, a lot of the kids um, that work for me up the hill now have trouble believing Coronet even had a half-pipe back in yeah. the day. I was like, no, dude, it was actually really good for its time. And it had two for a while. Two? Yeah. What, the one in the triple? Yeah, but there was one facing that direction and one facing that direction. Oh, right. Yeah, so it had two. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, they've basically put snowmakers in the middle of it and one of them. Because mm. the Quest guys still run their bank slalom through that kind area. Kind through now. that area. Mm. But you would see, if you go up there, there's one that way and one just below it that goes on the opposite angle that way. Oh, right. That's, yeah. So, and so um, <clears throat> you were pretty tight with Glenn Howell. So yeah, we, him and me and Aaron Jameson, we done all our travelling to Japan in the early years together. And Glenn had a camper van, and we used to do a show for XSTV. 
we used to travel around in the camper van doing that. So and that was pretty So that was awesome. around New Zealand, was it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, so he was the um, mastermind behind Trust Snowboards. Snowboards, yeah. So Trust Snowboards actually started way back in the late 90s. Mm. And got some boards made actually in the Never Summer factory. So they got made in the States and sent over. So they were pretty awesome boards, pretty much exactly like that thing, actually, like that shorty, that board there. What? Oh, it's um, my Granquit 5150. Oh, yes, very similar, that shape. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, so, yeah, we got a bunch made then, and then it didn't bother with it for years and years, and then, yeah, we land up making our own designs and got John Malcolm Smith to make them. Oh, right. Counted out a lot of um, horse people, eh? So, we, yeah, it was pretty awesome because we just made our own designs and whatnot for a few years. Mm. Did you have a signature model with them or something? Yep. Was that the one with the eyes on the base? Yes, little red eyes. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we had the Speedy and the Stony. <laughs> Rad, but, but um, yeah, but sort funny. of we, we jumped a bit ahead of ourselves. But fuck, I do that anyway on this thing. Um, but did fifty one fifty move on to silence? Yep, that went silence. I rode for silence for a long time. Um, through most of my years, yeah, my good years snowboarding, I rode for silence. Mm. And was that through just New, New Zealand? Zealand and actually Japan as well? Oh, right. Yeah, so I was hooked up through Silence Japan, and my friend Manabu Shimada, he used to work in BOA for years. Oh, yeah. So he was a Silence Japan rider, so he kind of sorted out a bit of a deal with me, with them. So, and basically. Their shop sponsored me to do competitions in Japan for a wee bit. But, yeah, it was good times. Mm. So sort yeah. of bigger, bigger in Japan, bigger in Japan than in New Zealand? Yeah, and there was always lots of prize money in Japan, so we'd always come away from Japan, actually, with a bit of money, like usually more than what we went there with. So, yeah, just from winning small little competitions and stuff, which weren't even, yeah, they would just have prize money to, like... Fuck it, shows you how crazy that industry is over there, eh? Yeah. So so much. And they really liked snowboarders back then, eh? They, oh, yeah, yeah the whole Kiwi flag. Yeah, it was heaps of us sponsored for doing little bits, like, the first ones, they were all fully hooked up over there, were like Trevor, Roy, um, Quint, Roy, Quentin, yeah, mm. and all them boys, they were fully sponsored by Murasaki Sports, and then, yeah, we just got little other things after that. Oh, sweet. But it was good. Mean. And then sil- Silence turned into a lion. 
Um, for a hot minute. Yeah, a lion was only for a very short time, okay, so like what? two years, or not even two years. All right. So what happened with silencing? Um, basically, New Zealand they stopped importing them. Right. Yeah. Because it would so have been substance distribution, which was Brad Plumis. They oh. done silence and forum. Forum. Well. Yeah. So yeah. So was it you and Steve Ferguson yep. flying the silence flag yeah. here then? Yeah, me. Um, so it was pretty awesome. That's a heavy teammate to, yeah. to have on board, eh? Yeah, Steve was like the full gangster snowboarder, mm. but fuck, he had some style. I mean, he his, was amazing. His rail game back then was yeah, fucking insane. way ahead eh? of everybody. Mm. So I was still more along the lines of heaps of freeze free riding as yep. well as freestyle where Steve was like full rails and yeah but he was amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so we had a pretty awesome crew and like when all the little bastards come over because to film the guys was that the Iris video? Yeah. Little Bastards. Yes. A bunch of them were silence riders. Oh, yeah. it was like... So, yeah, me and Steve got to hang out with them guys a wee bit. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah? And were yeah, they up Kevin to... Walsh um... and all them guys. Oh, red. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, how long was he the best, day? Eh? Like, yeah. Right from Shorty's days. Mm. Fuck, so, like, um, were they all been up to their... Um, their antics because I, I only hung out with them briefly, but Steve took them around the whole trip, basically. Eh, all right. So, yeah. was that the sort of the guys that hung around with the whiskey crew back in yeah, the yeah. Canada days? Yeah, fuck. So, I mean, that's um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. And then they done, yeah, little bastards and yeah, oh man, the Canadian crew, really. Mm. Yeah, and so what, um, what were the rocky days? Oh, wow. That was... My younger years were bloody fueled by way too much alcohol. And, yeah, used to think I was pretty invincible, really. All right. But because I was so little and so hyped up, I think big guys used to take... Used to... Yeah. But, yeah, there was a lot of fighting went on. And then I realised that... I think I had to stop drinking, and that was a good thing. Mm. Because, yeah, if I'd carried on down them rocky days, I probably wouldn't have been able to go away overseas. Yeah, shit was getting pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, there's a dude that lives down the valley, Matt, Matt Morgan. He used to um, be over Queenstown Way. He was like, oh, you ass legs about getting thrown out of every bar by bounces and shit. Yep. So that was pretty much it. Mm. And, yeah, so I had to mellow it down. Mm. I hardly drink that much these days. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough, eh? Yeah. But, um, and um, you worked for the Snowball Workshop for a while? Yep. Was that for Dean Firth and Rob Johnson? Yeah, so, yep, pretty much... Yeah, they took me under their wing. Rob gave me a job at first, but and then worked for him for a wee while. But 
Yeah, he got pissed off for me and <laughs> sent me packing. So what? What? But then, had? like, about a month later, um, he sold half the company to Dean, and Dean reemployed me. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, well, all right, we got to stop with Ma- that one a little way. <laughs> what did you do to get Rob Johnston pissed off at you? Um. Um. I always used to find ways to piss him off. Just <laughs> Rob always had me doing jobs for him ever since I was a wee kid till not that long ago, actually. I was staying in his house. Mm. But, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to wind him up a bit, just being useless. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Which I do understand. Mm-hmm. But, but then, yeah, so I worked for Rob and Dean for years. And then I was going to take over the Snowball Workshop. Yeah. But then I had my par- I had a bad couple of bad accidents. Oh, right. And um, yeah. Is that something where I'm okay yeah, to talk yeah. about? So first of all, I broke my leg, which was working on a movie. Okay. Which was rubbish. And then six months later, I broke my back, which paralysed me for quite a long time. Fuck on me. the waist down for like three and a half months. Jesus Christ. So, like, what what was the accident that broke your leg? I'm um, working on a movie, 10,000 BC, and I had a side-by-side buggy. That guy, mm-hmm. idiot, was driving, rolled on me. Fuck. Yeah, and so it crushed my leg. And, yeah... But, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that ended my snowboarding, really. That was, yeah. Fuck. So, because before that, you were competing in the freeride sort of things. Yeah. Had you made the move from freestyle comps to freeride comps? Yeah, kind of. So, what happened was, yeah, anyway, I'll get off that for now. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, with snowboarding, yep. Went from freestyle and just with the whole judging thing, like with slope styles was the same, and with a free ride comps the same. Mm-hmm. I don't think about the whole judging aspect. I'm just doing a run, mm. and I put that whole thing out of my mind. And then I used to actually be I do really good. Yeah. Then I figured, yeah, I was doing way better doing slope styles. And then with the free riding thing, I've been wanting to get in to do the World Heli Challenge for ages, but Harrow kept on saying I was too young. Oh, yep. So, and then when he, at last, in like 2001, so he was like, oh, yeah, if you, you guys pay, you can enter. So me and my buddy Sam Duvall got our shit together and entered and yeah and so then that year yeah I'd done real well so I won that freestyle day nice. and then got second in the extreme all right yeah um, so who were some of the international heads that were there was quite I used a, to yeah there were lots but I can't really remember like on now but I was yeah, pretty lucky to have... I got... Yeah, 
just got good runs on the day. Mm. And Mount Albert, so I got to ride that, and that's pretty much still the most sickest run I've ever done in New Zealand. Yeah. Because they still run the Heli Challenge when they did have it, like, a few years ago on that mm. face, and it's bloody amazing when it's on. And But I've been riding spines heats in Japan, so I was quite sweet with it, and no one else would go out and even touch his face, which out on the left so yeah and that's always lined up so I just went out there and the whole run I was just doing turns of my hands on the wall through these spines but it's fucking insane and still to this day it's like steepest best run I think I've ever done in New Zealand right so yeah and so was that kind of the moment because I remember in the snowboard magazines in sort of the early 2000s seeing a lot of, um, like, free ride shots of you more than sort of yeah. freestyle. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of happened. And then, mm. and then got snow... My buddies got snowmobiles, Lance mm. Watson, and oh, yeah. we started the SAS thing, and then we just land up spending the whole time out back country. Just oh, right. hitting natural was that out shit. In the hectares. Yep, southern hectares, and then we done quite a bit up round Tekapo and Round Hill oh, yeah. area as and, well. And was this sled necking, or were you using snowmobiles to go snowboarding? Just still? snowmobiles to go snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, just fearing each other everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and so got to do some pretty cool shit with the sleds over the years, and. Yeah, up round um, the valley up next to Mount Olympus in there. Oh, yeah. And a few summers ago, we hallied a sled up above um, oh, Glen Tanner Station in Mount oh, yeah. Cook. Yeah. And we had it there the whole summer. Oh, we right. were hallying in and going snowboarding. Right, During the summer? Yeah, right all through January and February. Oh. Helling up into this valley, it's semi-glaciated, and doing runs right through in February, wow. camping up there for like three or four days. And we had our speed gliders up there, which are mini paragliders. Oh, yeah. So I do that with my snowboard on. Oh, right. So it's a kind of like kiteboarding, but yeah, a bit more... More like mini paragliding, oh, like yeah. riding on the snow. And right. you can ride down and then fly off little sections. So at the end of our trip, we flew out from there and down to Glen Tanner. Right. And then we left the sled up there, just wrapped in chicken mesh. Mm. And then a cover over it so the kids couldn't get it. And we hallied in there pretty much yeah, three times over the summer. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. Got yeah. pictures of that shit? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Got to see them some, sometime. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> before we move on, sort of, there was one thing I wanted to ask. Was, we are talking about the Snowball Workshop and yeah. Rob and Dean. They were two notorious hard case bastards. I What's the are. most awkward thing situation they put you in? Oh, bloody hell. I'm sure there's a few to choose from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one. 
Like I heard, I heard stories about the wink and. Yeah, but they're yeah. like I'd be. They'd constantly like downtrow me, like, like undies and all, like in the middle of the workshop, like on the regular, while I'm waxing away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they'd wait till you're like in quite a crucial little bit and then come and do something like that to you all the time. Yeah, and just constant shit when we were grommets, eh? Yeah, mm. but it was good. Yeah. It made us who we were. Character building. Yeah. But I still have a lot to do with Rob and yeah, he's a good bugger. Yeah, he's a sparky around here now or something, Yeah. Though. He moved from Queenstown to Manapuri to Wanaka, and now he's pretty much staying put here by the mm. looks. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and was Dylan Butt and Denny oh. sort of kicking around at this point yeah, too, right? Yeah, bloody hell. I can't believe I haven't mentioned Dill. Mm, sorry, Dill. Fucking hell, Dill. Mm. So, yeah, Dill was one of my legends growing up. He... We hung out a lot, and he was just a bit older than me, but then... So how'd you first meet Dill? Um, through his older brother, Seamus. Right. And the, him being friends with Luca and Debs. Oh, right. So was that when Seamus was had this, working in the store down here or something? No, nah, Seamus was good friends with Luca and Debs, so oh, he right. used to hang out with them whenever he was in Queenstown. And then Dylan moved down to Queenstown, and, yep. We just hit it off pretty good. Mm. And then, yeah, years of snowboarding, and then, yeah, Dill ended up coming over to Japan with me one year. And there was three of us in a room half the size. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me, Dylan, and Glenn Howe. So it got pretty interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but... We managed to make it work, and it was bloody hilarious. Got interesting how so, just too small and shit. Yeah, or... too small, and yeah, me and um, Dylan drove Glen Howe mad. <laughs> so, me and Dill would just land up going and getting drunk all the time. And, come on, legs, we're going here, and then by the time we'd always come home wasted. <laughs> But we had, yeah, and we had some amazing times in Japan. And then, yeah, I used to go to Canada as well oh, after yeah. Japan quite regularly. So was that sort of, you do the winter in Japan, springtime in Canada yeah. sort of thing? If I'd make enough money in Japan, I'd go to Canada. Mm. And, yeah, Barnes, my buddy Barnaby was there. So it was him and Dylan and Denny as well so yeah we had a pretty cool crew and they showed us around a lot mm. and so was that uh, just strictly Whistler or yeah pretty much but mm. then later on I um, landed up me and Denny Jake Coya and a few of us done a road trip all around Canada oh yeah for a uh, web page called Border Zone, which was New Zealand's first snowboard website. Oh, right. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah so right. we just basically 
yeah, went round and we got a cheap deal because the um, rental company advertised on their website and went round all the ski fields that have a thing on their border zone thing and yep. we got free passes all over the show. <laughs> I mean. But then done that mission and then I lived in Mount Baker for the whole rest of the um, season with oh, um, Lance Watson. So was he um, already based? Yeah, he's based in Bellingham. Oh, yeah. And his parents actually lived there. So, right. Yeah, and that's where he lives now. Fuck, so how was, um, how was that? Bake? Like, I've, I've not been to Baker myself. It's, it's just... It's just it was amazing, like... It's pretty high on the two-visit yeah. list. It's like, it's like Japan, though. You never get any clear days. Mm. You're always riding in the trees. Because it's so coastal, it just gets constant snow. But mm. it's bloody amazing. Just pow, big pillow lines, and yeah. But yeah, land up staying yeah, a couple of months here with Lance, and... Yeah, we done. Yeah, some of the awesomest riding was done at Mount Baker. Just yeah. Yeah. Man. And at the end of my trip in the springtime, I gained up enough courage to yeah try hit the um. I did hit the um road gap, but oh shit! It was bloody pretty spring conditions. And just struggling to get enough speed to get across it. But managed to hit it a couple of times, so that was a big tick off the list. It's an iconic mountain and a gap, but even even now that gap still looks fucking massive. It is. It's just the running. It's dead flat through a forest, and you're just pumping for every ounce of speed. And you can't see anything till you pop out the little window of the trees at the end. Oh, Christ. So and you're just pumping the speed. With fingers crossed, you're going to have enough pace to get over Because it. it looks like a really short landing, too. Like, it, it's it pretty easy to overshoot. Yeah, so... But usually you're struggling to get enough speed to get over it. There's been so many people land on the road. And that's like the end of your knees right there, yeah. isn't it? Fuck. Or hit the wall on the other side. <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> but yeah. But yeah. And going on with the free riding, after yeah, the Halley Challenge and whatnot, doing that, done pretty well. So then I tried to go to Europe to compete over there, but landed up... So, land up going to Europe and hang out for quite a while, a couple of seasons off and on. Spent right. a lot of time in Lux with um, Jar Harris. Oh, right, the original yeah, hang uh, in there. New Zealand Grom. Yeah, so hung there for a bit and we done a lot of riding. And then I went to Verbier and hung out with a bunch of skiers, lived with my friend Cy Guthrie. Oh, yeah. So, but, yeah, for the only snowboarder, I just had to keep up. Mm. And just, it was pretty hard work, but they showed me some pretty amazing riding in Europe. Managed to do a couple of 
qualifying comps for the world tour it was yeah one in Mendes and then one in Austria somewhere but I got a second and a fourth so it was enough for me to get qualified to get into it because there was hardly anybody doing it back then and they wanted more riders from overseas then so I, they pretty much told me that next year I'd be all good to go but then I went straight home after that and that's pretty much when I broke my leg in that accident oh yeah two weeks later oh yeah and so that ends like the whole sponsored snowboard yeah well kind of I've still sponsors have still been really good like Smith have always still given me goggles when I need it oh yeah and all my lots of younger buddies have still been sponsored throughout the years like for ages I just scaled my boards off Jake Coyer oh yeah yeah <laughs> so I was sponsored by Jake for quite a while he had a good run as a professional yeah he killed it Jake yeah he he was an amazing so snowboard. you would have watched Jake come up from like a little forum grom to well he was our wee sub 20 grom was he sub 20 grom yeah no so way. me and Aaron took him everywhere yeah and yeah he saw some stuff he shouldn't have was the wee grom <laughs> yeah <laughs> going yeah. away with me and Aaron mm. and that but yeah so we took him away everywhere with us and seen him go from yeah little wee Jake turn into Jake the Mass mm. <laughs> so I think my first memory of him in um, any sort of media was he was riding for Forum and did the rail by the Arrowtown Skate Park yeah him yeah and I think Leon Eru or yeah, something yeah yeah and, and so I still walk past that rail now and be like holy it's fuck it's gnarly yeah like, that mm. Anthony left a, that night, same session, broke his collarbone and his wrist on that Fuck. rail. He, yeah, so yeah. he came off worse off. Yeah. Aaron wasted himself on that rail too. Oh, really? I think. But he managed, he'd done it though again. Right. It's in that Three Degrees movie. Oh, I have right. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. Should I, so I mean, Aaron's not a rider I would have pictured um, doing like urban rails and shit like that, eh? Yeah, he went pretty hard out when he mm. went for a wee while there. Being, mm. He had his do-rag on. Yeah, yeah. Doing his rails. So, I used to do a few urban rails, but they were never really technical ones. They were always just more burly ones, just trying a, a big gap here to... Oh, rail yeah. or because uh, that landed you the cover shop in IDK, didn't it? On yeah, the IDK magazine. That was just a rail in Japan, though, mm. on a stormy evening. That yeah, AJ took that photo. Oh yeah, yeah, mean yeah. Because uh, he told told us a story about um, you uh, clipping a clipping oh, your board on a lip slide and going yeah. first into a bank or some shit. Yeah, that was scary. So Sorry. that was that same evening we tried to do a rail that was a big, yeah, it was a flat down flat, but it was on my, I was trying to lip board slide it, and so aired over it, caught my tail, flipped like off, 
probably a story high, straight down into the snowbank head first, like, and was stuck like a pin in the snow, like wiggling. And I couldn't breathe. Everything got, as I went in, I had my mouth open. So everything got rammed full of snow. And I was, like, panicking. And the boys had to dig me out and yank me out. I was like, that was horrible. I mean, kind of lucky it was soft snow too, but yeah. that sucked too. Like. Yeah, it's like, holy shit. I went straight in like a pin. Especially if they were probably just like my first reaction would be to start laughing like oh yeah. it looks so fucking funny but and I'm wiggling <laughs> oh man yeah so are you still snowboarding these days yeah I still ride lots but I have taken a lot easier since all my injuries mm. and are you still following snowboarding in general like yeah is there any riders that you're interested in. Not really. I've just been watching the young free riders, really, because I'm still, I'm still. I'm, that's one thing that I've actually kept involved in is I'm judging still. With, oh right, with uh, is that with the free ride yeah, world tour? Yeah, just so in New Zealand, but hopefully, I'll get to do it other places in the mm. future. So is that uh, are you just judging at the remarks? Yeah. Competition with and, um, Dion and those yeah. guys. And then through the ones, what they're going to have up north and at just the smaller events. Yeah, with the free ride, the junior free ride world tour as well. Oh, right. And, and that's, yeah. um, so that's Dion's gig. Yeah. So how did you meet uh, Dion Newport? Um, really through Jake McCleary, the skier. Mm. Yep. And... My other friend Takashi, which, yeah, which are two pretty amazing skiers. Um, almost iconic, those two dudes, yeah. eh? <laughs> so, yeah, through my whole life growing up snowboarding, there's I've never had too much of a... I've always ridden with a bunch of skiers. Mm. It's kept my riding fast. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah... I enjoy riding with a bunch of skiers. Mm. Yeah. I loved um, <laughs> so when I was started doing seasons. I rode with Dion. Yeah, and I, Jake and Marty and all those dudes were around too. And, and yeah, yeah. It, it sort of makes you pick your game up a little because they don't want to wait around for you to strap in anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're like fuck, so, you know, sitting down was out of the question. Yeah, and yeah, awesome dudes. And so my buddy who I ride with nearly ninety percent of the time now is. Miles Holden. Oh, right. Yeah. And so he skis bloody hard and fast, so keeping up with him is always a good challenge. Mm. And he's a really good photographer too. Yeah, right? he's yeah amazing. So I've always been into photography, so Miles has always taught me a lot. So I've always taken photos throughout the years and, like, began with just taking photos of each other snowboarding yeah so me and Aaron and stuff we all used in the beginning take lots of our own photos of each other Mm. so like yeah it's pretty so we learned to take photos on actual film cameras so yeah and then yeah I did do that for a job recently in the last few years for AJ Hackett was I was a photographer for them oh right so you're the guy on the side of the bridge yeah 
but that got far too repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. As in people were coming for that job sort of thing? No, or? just repetitive. Oh, re- oh sorry, yeah. repetitive. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> drove me a bit nutty in the end, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. going through the motions? Yeah. It's very, photography's too hard to make a living. Mm. Unless you're someone like Miles, which yeah. is, yeah. Well, he's what? built it up over a hell of a long time. Yeah, Miles is, yeah, he's the Red Bull photographer and stuff now. Oh, right. So for New Zealand. I've had some and, amazing pictures yeah. of New Zealand snowboarder. Yeah. I think there's a one, one of my favourites uh, he shot of you was that method in the back bowls of Coronet. Over a big roller? Yeah, over a roller, like taken from yeah. far away. So dope. It was taken from a helicopter. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. So we got to heli the back bowls. It was for a shoot for NZ Ski. We got six runs down the back bowls, first light in the morning, and mm. Miles took them photos. Oh, really? Awesome. It was just luck that, yeah, I just spot this giant roller. Really? But that's still one of my probably favourite photos I ever got. Oh, and it's just everything about it, like classic <laughs> track, classic style, great spot, you know, fresh snow. Like, it's just hard to beat those things. Um, so uh, skateboarding was sort of a start. Are you still skating much these days? or? Um, nah, since breaking my back, I can't feel my front foot very oh, well. Right. So it's kind of put skating out for me. All oh, right, and that was from um, so that was the paragliding, paragliding crash. What, yeah, you called to talk yeah, about yeah. that a bunch. Or? Yeah, so I paraglided for quite a while, and then yeah, it was just I broke my leg, so I couldn't couldn't go snowboarding, but I could still fly. So mm. yeah, I ran off and I was fine, but yeah, just got caught out by bad conditions and fell my wing collapsed and fell from like 70 meters holy shit and then yeah burst two frac vertebrae and cracked my pelvis and had all internal bleeding and shit all and, and so then yeah yeah i was lucky that uh i was trapped in a wee gully and luckily about 40 minutes later somebody flew off and they saw me holy shit dude and so he flew down and called for help and i got hallied out but yeah i was paralyzed for three months in burwood hospital like nothing from the waist down and then slowly but surely through heaps of rehab i got walking again so they they were confident that the paralyzed was just temporary or no so they don't when you go in there they just say basically try to get used to the wheelchair and you're lucky to get where you get but i was adamant i was going to walk out of there so i didn't really walk out of there completely like i had like forest gump braces on both legs and crutches these big yeah, they called. <laughs> yeah, but managed to cruise on out of Burwood like three and a half months later. Fuck. But and then just heaps of running in the pool and stuff to get fit again. And as long as I stay kind of fit, um, I'm still sweet to do shit. Sweet. Yeah. So like, um, what sort of things are you doing to keep fit? 
Well, I always lots of biking and stuff, and I do lots. I this summer I've been pack rafting a lot, so oh, just yeah. hiking in place and paddling out. Right. Lots of just other, yeah, other bits and pieces. Fuck. Well, that's, yeah. that kind of that story reminds me a little of. Have you ever seen the John Cardial documentary, Epically, Epically Later? Yeah. And he so, he got paralysed and was told he's never going to walk again. Yeah. And he walks, you know, kind of. So me too. Yeah. I walk with a limp, and mm. it's never going to be a hundred percent. But I'm still doing that's shit. Fucking awesome that, you, and you can still ride a snowboard yeah. and do. I've with my snowboarding, and, I've had to make modifications. So. I've made a boot that comes all the way up to my knee. Oh, yeah? So I can't feel here. So I've extended a snowball boot by chopping the top off another one and oh, joining yeah. it on. Right. And then on my high back of my front binding, I have another strap that goes from the high back. Like kind of like those old, old flex yeah. binding. So, right. and that just helps me pull onto my toe side easier. Right. So over time, I've just figured out little things that have made it easier to do it. Rad. Oh, that's fucking awesome, yeah. mate. Mind over matter. Mm. <laughs> Rad. Yeah. Because you, um, we're going to rewind the tape quite a bit. Yeah. Um, which we do a bunch. Um, play lunch. Oh, wow. Our old punk band. Yeah, yeah. So you and AJ had a band play lunch, right? Yeah, we had pretty... Yeah, all through high school, and yeah, just the last couple of years after high school, we had a punk band play lunch. We opened that the opening of that vert ramp in the gardens. Oh, yeah. We played on a truck there, but we got kicked off the stage for being too raucous. <laughs> yeah, so we threw all our guitars down and pulled the fingers and stormed off stage. Punk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Took Rockers for a skateboard fucking I know, punk. that's Holy why it, it was just the guy running the PA was a twat. So, yeah, <laughs> we threw everything down and walked off stage. Mm. But no, Ollie was there that day. He was, um, yeah... There was a whole bunch of us, so, yeah, but Play Lunch was pretty awesome punk band. Mm. Lots of Pennywise covers and, yeah. So that 90s yep. skate punk vibe yep. something. A bit of Nirvana and stuff thrown oh, in so, there, so grunge as what well. What were you playing in the band? I played the bass, Aaron played the drums. We had another friend, Joel McGinn, which was one of our original snowball buddies mm. but he yeah kind of was just always in the back of everything mm. so and then another guy sam ross which played the guitar so and speaking of musicians it was the first time i met you and uh, it was really brief was um 2002 when the skate park got built here and you guys would come over and skate the bowls and um you and p Diggs showed up Yep. And this is before P Diggs was P Diggs. Real famous, yeah. Yeah. And um so how did did um how'd you meet Diggs? Well, he just came down from up north really and yeah. He was keen to just learn how to 
snowboard and shit and he just land up tagging along mm. and then skating all the time yeah. and then his music just blew up from nothing he used to be like Kawaii, like death metal singer like yeah, bah! yeah. and uh, then he came to Queenstown and realised that there was a bunch of dudes like my younger brother another guy Johnny Ewington that were all rapping. So my little brother's DJ Endo, but Mm. Niles, Johnny, yeah, yeah, Johnny Ewington, he lives here now. So I skated with, fuck, so your brother, um, Nathan, or Niles. Yeah. Oh, we um, we actually talked about him in Aaron's one. So I first, I met those dudes, uh, because I was a couple years older than them in um, 98. And I was tripping on your brother because, like, I come from Dunedin. Yep. Where, like, you know, the daggers and it was raw as fuck and we we're all sort of rockers and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And I come up and all the all these Queenstown skateboard dudes were all, like, Chad Musker. Yeah, yeah. Dudes. That was my and like, bro. What, what? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that, you know, that's cool because, like, we had a bunch of, we skated with a bunch of hip-hop, you know. Yeah. Like, Dunedin was include that was an inclusive scene, so like we'd have rockers, but we'd have the hip hop skaters, yeah. and it didn't matter. It was like rad. But I remember that they were t- clowning me and a couple of boys because we were like rocker dudes, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, whatever you know, you know. And uh, but anyway, your brother tripped me out because um, he was doing. He had all these boneless combinations, yeah, he's old school skater. and um, and he was the first person I'd ever seen do like a boneless to a lip slide on that indoor park yeah. on a rail in there. And I was tripping because I was like, "Isn't I, I always associated bonelesses as like An rocker, old, yeah, hash tricks? I'm like, who the fuck's this Chad Musker looking like, dude? That's doing, doing like, shouldn't he be doing frontside flips? Yeah, like, that's what the fuck? But, brother. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, but he was actually. Out of all of those dudes, he was, like, the one that was actually cool to the outsiders coming in, like, yeah. us coming up from Dunedin and shit. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, he's... Oh, sorry. Anyway, back to um, Diggs <laughs> and... Sorry, yeah. listeners. We've gone on a wee uh, sidetrack yeah. there. So, yeah, but he blew up massively. It's unbelievable mm. what happened. from. But mm. he basically kind of... He never hadn't really done the hip hop emceeing until he came to Queenstown, mm. and then he hanging out with Niles and all of them. They mm. were all ready rapping, oh, so yeah. he just jumped straight into the freestyle thing and mm. started doing it too. So, and then he just blew up from there. It's crazy how he sort of went from sleeping in the dog box in the Bronx. Yeah. Which was an, a notorious seasoning house in Queenstown. Yeah. To um, fronting the biggest band in the country. Yeah, and so how's this? Like, my buddies at this place, 80 Thompson Street. P Diggs would be there, like, all night we'd be hanging out, and he'd be there till everyone basically went to sleep. Mm. And then he'd just vanish, and then next, like, early in the morning, We'd all just be getting up and getting ready. And then here's Polder, and he just shows up again. Hey, bro, what's up? Mm. And then in the end, we realise that he was living in the greenhouse. (laughs) 
he had a bed set up in the greenhouse and he would go out in the evenings after we all went out, like went to bed and then come back in the morning like he's just walked in from down the street. But he was just walking in from the greenhouse. Fuck, he's sleeping, and this was winter time. Nah, it was summer, summer. but still. Fuck, still, that's pretty ruthless, eh? Yeah, but then he went from that to being fucking... What is, who he is? I, I'm bloody so he killed it. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. So Thompson Street was that the Bronx? Nah, Thompson no. Street was a Thompson Street massive. So that's like where we had Southern Alp sleds run out of. Oh yeah, which was our snowmobiling crew that we had. And was that Craig and Strong was kicking around? Craig Strong lived right next door to us. Oh yeah, in the pretty much two doors up yeah so in our house there was yeah lance watson leon lovell who had right doing the snowmobiles with us and yeah it's bloody quite a crew throughout the years and we had a big skate ramp in our front garden that's what i always heard about was the thompson street mini ramp yeah so we always had a huge ramp in our garden so it was pretty awesome house Oh, for a lot of years. Rare. <laughs> That's kind of my notes done, Glenn. Is there anything I'm missing or anything we need to uh, talk about? Nah, it's been pretty awesome. Mm. I think we've covered lots of sh- stuff throughout the years. So, mm. oh, if we're done with that, we'll we'll charge into our enders. Favorite rider. So, like Jamie Lynn was pretty much my favourite rider growing up all throughout my years. Mate. Yeah. I pretty much like to think all my front side spins and everything were kind of based off how he done everything. Mm. Spinning a lot off my toes and shit. Oh, and the way yeah. like, you watch his video parts <laughs> from the 90s and they're still good to watch now. I like, know. Um, so him and Devin Walsh mm. are two, like, huge ones that, yeah... And Kevin Jones as well. Oh, shit, I forget that name, that dude's that, name. Because like, he was, like, the guy that, like, bought freestyle riding to, like, big mountain riding lots. And it seemed like he just had every trick dialed, eh? Yeah, he kind dude. of, he's disappeared into no one really remembers him much. Mm. Yeah. And he was, like, he kind of amazing how he was. And I seen him at this um, demo and. Whistler and like there's JP Walker and old what's the other rail dude's name? Um, Jeremy Jones. Jeremy Jones, yeah. Mm. And they're trying to do this like rail that dropped in and sloped down, then went flat and like almost up. And then this other giant weird rainbow rail that went over a pond and they couldn't do it. And then like, yeah. Kevin Jones just came in and scolded them. <laughs> <Brand>. <laughs> yeah. Mean. Uh, favorite mountain? Um, probably, I'd say remarks, but because I've had some awesome times there, mm. and remarks and verbier. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Remarks. If you handled a short hike, there's some pretty serious yeah. terrain right there, eh? Yeah. And just. Yeah, you can put yourself into some really gnarly shit too, like up near the Grand Kuwa and up into mm. near Single Cone. Mm. If 
you're willing to put yourself up there, there's some pretty awesome shit up in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Favourite board? Um, I've just been riding Libtex mainly for the last few years. Nice. Which, yeah, are awesome. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how that wobbly edge thing works, but... It does, eh? Like, <laughs> I never would have thought it. I mm. was a sceptic for a long time, but then as soon as I rode it, it's amazing. The rocker and the hybrid profiles? Yeah. Work, work because of the magnet traction? Yeah. And and, and they turn mm. on a dime, mm. like, compared... They've got more grip on, like, a... You don't need but, to put as much effort in. Um, Favourite video part? It'd probably be one of them, t- one of the TV series, like with Metallica riding Alaska, and it's a bunch of different riders. Oh, that's um, <laughs> I know the one. Um, so the TV five or TV six? Yeah, sa- sanitarium. Yeah. Oh, that's an awesome part too. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much is the one that sticks in my mind out of everything. Brad. Yeah. Favorite gig. Um, De La Soul and Wanaka was bloody awesome, eh? It was. <laughs> I, was I, I forget that I went there. Yeah. Yeah. My little brother opened at that gig. Get Scratching. the fuck out. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Fuck, because, um, was that also Dex's band that, like, the Sunshine Sound System or something? Yeah, yeah they played as well. So was that the, Dex, or was that? It was P. Dex and KP. Right. And uh, there's three of them and Storn, Storny. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I can't believe I forgot that I But my little brother done a separate just scratching thing right before they came on. Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck. Just a scratch interlude. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> rad to say that you open for De La Soul, eh? That's fuck. Um, favourite city? Hmm. I don't really have a favourite city. I don't really like them too much. Yeah. But that's um, <laughs> been the common consensus with yeah. most of my interviewers. Um, favourite city, probably Amsterdam, eh? I oh, liked yeah. it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favourite trick. Um. Anything front side, probably, but probably rodeos, like front nice. side rodeos. I could always, yeah. Nice. I remember um, seeing you do those at uh, Snowpark. Yep. In 03. Yep. I just remember the truss board graphic and everything. Yeah. Front side rodeo, sevens over the 40 foot of the year. Um, yeah. Were you riding Snowpark a lot? Yeah. We used to go ride it all the time, actually. The whole springtime was spent. Stowe Park and mm. yeah me and Glenn Howe and Quentin we were pretty much the crew that would ride together at mm. the snow park all the time but yeah Quentin was always captain he'd be telling us what to do <laughs> yeah come on guys you're not going hard enough oh really <laughs> no we always uh, had to like fuck <laughs> And he'd always give us a challenge for the day. Oh, right. So give us an example of a Quentin Robbins challenge then. Oh, well, like with Glenn Howe, because he was real shit at spinning backside, he made 
how he, like, within, like, a week or two, how he's spinning backside fives and then backside sevens. But how he was just, like, he coached us into it. Mm. And then just like with me, I was only doing rodeo fives and he was like, it's not good enough, Leggy, come on, you got to throw it a bit more than that. Right. And so all the time, he was the older one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Quint had a fuck. I mean, how long was he the best? And yeah, like, and you know. just he was one of the only riders that had international sponsors for his whole career, pretty much mm. of New Zealand. Because he was pretty well respected by like Mueller and Rice yeah, and all like, those dudes. Yeah, because eh? he's one of Volke's top riders. So yeah, that's yeah. Really a pro model on yeah. him. Yeah, so he was like. He made it into the Tokyo, uh, the Toyota Big Air, which is in Japan, mm. which, no, it's huge, only mm. the biggest, they used to put the biggest European riders all in there, yes. but Quentin got in there, so to get into that was massive back that, in the day. That's a statement in itself, eh? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, he was pretty awesome pair mm. to have to push you all the time Fred. and he had an unlimited bag of tricks so you mm. can never keep up yeah he is just so far ahead of everyone else yeah yeah, yeah. but snow park was insane days like we we're so lucky to have that facility for mm. when we did like I mean, and they were so open to us doing photo shoots after it shot and mm. it was the training ground from like if the kids have got a similar thing going on now with Cadrona mm. but lucky Cadrona picked up the ball because no one else did yeah because there was a while there because I remember before Snow Park like I was working at Cadrona still yeah and Cadrona had an okay park but it was all about pipes yeah and then Remarks was starting to do something but cause... their park has always been they never had enough space to build big jumps. Mm. All their jumps, even in the big line, are still nothing compared to Cadrona or Snow Park was. But I just remember when Snow Park come along, that's when like everyone was like, "Shit, we actually have to take this seriously." Yeah. And and from there, you started seeing definitely I, over our side of the thing, Cadrona and Snow Park like leapfrogging each other. Yeah. Was that sort of the similar thing with the Queenstown Mounts? Did they start they like, fuck we gotta start keeping up? Well just remarks try to, then they have. But they gave up completely on the half pipes. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, This is we can't compete with what Cadrona's got going on. Yeah. But they try it they've got a, the park's good, it's just so condensed and in such a small area that they can't build Huge stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, it's, it's it a kind of a rail, it, it rail was, heavy sort of park? Yeah, and the jumps were good for, like, in my years, mm. our era of snowboarding. But yeah. the jumps aren't big enough for this era of snowboarding. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they had one jump in that park, I think it was like a fourth table that was down low that yeah. just claimed so many knee yeah. blowouts. And yeah, that's it. It's either 
a little landing to dead flat or mm. yeah so mm. it's a lot different yeah but mm. favorite board graphic um probably libtech with old combi surf coming in oh yeah into the bay with them sitting on the edge of the cliff looking down and oh, combi that's an iconic one too eh? <laughs> yeah. so but yeah that and yeah pretty much that right. that one there's fucking awesome the jamie Rankwit. oh the Rankwit. Oh, dude, he's he's yeah. one of my him and Jamie Lynn were like my still are like my yeah. all time favourites. Eh? Gibson on there, mm. that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, best method. Best method mm. that I've ever done. Oh, that one that I've got that photo of that you talked about earlier is like probably one of my standout ones I've actually got captured. And because that was so memorable, it still sticks in my head, that roller. Mm. Oh, it, like, oh, lining it up and seeing it, and then... It's a timeless shot, too. Yeah, like, and like, I didn't see it from the chopper. It was mm. like, I seen it from my eye coming down the slope, and Miles seeing me pointing it at it. He was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> 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 and a uh, double part to that one, Who's who's got the best method? Wow, Jamie Lynn, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a bonus question, bonus question for that, what is the key to a good method? Um, but, yeah, just tweaking the shit out of it, eh? Mm. Grabbing it and tweaking as hard as you can possibly go. <laughs> not as good these days, not as flexible as they used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I swear with like the stiffer boots, they make it harder to fucking yeah. tweak, like the 90s. Yeah. And before we peace out, is there any props or shout outs or thank yous you want to give out? Yep. Um, big shout out. I want to tell one more story, actually. Mm. Absolutely. I've yep. just thought. So, in the Halley Challenge, I done all real well. I got first and second in the thing I was saying, but then in the. Chinese downhill, like every single person passed me because I was so light. So the next year I was adamant I wasn't going to come last in the Chinese downhill. So Rob hooked me up with like a 185 supermodel, like burden supermodel. Mm. And then I proceeded to get these giant sand um, belt bags, bum bags, and filled them full of sand. So I had like about 20 kgs on the front and 20 on the back. Holy shit, dude. And so then, yeah, went into the Chinese downhill and I fucking caned it because, yeah, everyone else was... And I managed to get, like, the first Kiwi. There's still three euros in front of me, but pretty sweet from being last. Yeah, but then afterwards I took it because... It was run down the back of Cadrona that year because they couldn't get up in the Hallies anywhere else. It was run down the back bowl of Cadrona. Oh, right, in what is now Soho Bowl. Yeah. Jesus. So they had Chinese downhill down there. Because it's not exactly steep down there either, eh? Nah, so, but it worked well with this board. But then afterwards I rode it through the U-ditch that they had at Cadrona back then. It wasn't Mm. really a half pipe. But, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Mm. 
riding through the half pipe with that much weight I was like shooting out like a little pin like <laughs> and then landing and then holding my knees together through the middle and then like popping out like I <laughs> but yeah that was one wee story that I thought was quite funny yes like, yeah. like the sandbags yeah sandbag belts yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, shout outs, Debs and Luca from Sub 20. They helped me out through my whole career and every. And then my mum and dad, they supported me the whole time, always. Never doubted what I was up to. Mm. So, they helped me the whole way along. My little bro, yeah, hopefully he's all good. And, yeah, Aaron, AJ, all my old snowboard buddies, Q, Dill, Ollie Burke, (laughs) (laughs) Barnaby Newton, Lance Watson, and, yeah, Jane Nelson for getting me into snowmobiling. Brad's, and and so you're still, I think we talked about that earlier, you're still doing quite a bit of snowmobiling. Yep. Trying. Um, it's been shut down a little at the moment. It's just not quite how we used to have it because there's another operation running oh, yeah. out in the Southern Hectors now, the Snowmoto. Oh, yeah. But we just have to work around them a bit now. Mm. Which, is is yeah. the Southern Hectors, is that Dockland or something? It is, so but are you, are you we, it's take... actual pastoral lease oh, right. through part of it where they run and where all mm. the good snowmobiling is well mm. good riding right yeah yeah so you, you can't just show up anywhere with snowmobile and rock and uh, roll you've got to get permission yeah stuff, it's or? a lot about getting permission in new zealand because all the stuff we can ride is in pastoral lease so mm. we still have to get permission off farmers yeah yeah so hopefully they're gc's about it yeah so you just got to bribe them, yeah, mm. so with a the... bottle of whiskey yeah. or something. But <laughs> yeah, we've managed throughout the years to get in some awesome places, mm. and there's more people getting sleds now. So there's a Wanaka, there's a Wanaka sledding club now. Oh right, which is the first one really in the country. Mm. So. So yeah. I remember hearing about like Benny Bright and those guys sledding over to the other side of the Pisa and hitting those areas yeah. overlooking Cromwell. It yep. unreal. So and I haven't really checked out that area. So that is on my list. I'll go have a look. We've always had lots of other areas to go. So, mm. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Glenn. And Sweet. Hopefully you'll see you on the mountain yeah, in Yeah, bloody in the cow. It's been awesome. Me. Thanks, bro. Thank you.